Destroy All Children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or rotting your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy All Children you should go there now. Yeah. Another week. Uh, um, it doesn't matter anymore. The days just blurred together. What's yeah. what's today? Uh, well, how long have we been in the quarantine chamber together? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. It, this is kind of a weird place. It looks like the prison they kept Magneto in. Um, yeah, except they got like uh, you ever see Get Smart. We we got oh, like when we're doing the podcast, we got like the dome of silence over us. Uh, we just we share that airway. Yeah, uh, but it's fine because I'm pretty sure neither of us have the coronavirus. No, so. definitely not. So we just inhale each other's exhales, and uh, it's a really good That's cycle. Right. It That's makes right. sure. No germs get in because it's just our pure body air recirculating. Yeah, it's good clean air. Mm-hmm. It's very hot in here and extremely moist. A little bit, but you know, uh, sometimes you have to make sacrifices for the greater good. I lived in a desert before this, so I have a uh, very sensitive to moisture at this point. Uh huh. Yeah. I would take that over the muggy heat here because boy, it's bad. Oh no, I'm not complaining. I did, the mugginess is way worse than dry heat. Absolutely, by a mile. Uh, but yeah, um, hi, welcome to this podcast where there there's not much to talk about this week because most things are shutting down uh, at this point. The well, last couple of weeks, the news moved fast in the entertainment world. Now, not so much. You know, life comes at you fast. That's yes. what we've learned. Uh, there That's is right. a little bit of news, though. I don't know if I mentioned this last week uh, about comics being dead. Oh, no, I don't think we got into that at all. Which is weird. I I don't know if that happened. That must have happened beforehand. <laughs> Did it? We were too busy talking about uh, the Robin anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> That's what did it. They looked at that yeah. and were like, nope, shut it down. That's the last comic that ever was. Was yeah. the fucking Robin anniversary? Wouldn't um, that be no, good? I think it actually. I think that news actually broke shortly after. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, well, okay. So already, a lot of comic shops were closed because of shelter-in-place laws, meaning they were non-essential businesses, which is real bad for them. Then, but okay. So even if they did that, though, they could still do mail order. Or curbside pickup or something like that. Sure. Now, uh, Diamond has just been like, nope, next week's comics would be the last ones. Uh, so, RIP probably a third of the comic shops in the US because they are going to have nothing to sell for several yeah. months. Uh, I was thinking about that too, how the, um, like the newspaper industry and magazine industry also have not been doing so hot uh due to the push towards just online publication uh digital downloads uh 
I wonder how they also fare with this. Like, I think a lot of local newspapers might end up going out of business. Uh, what few magazines still get published probably on like stopping their print publications. Uh, but yeah, comics, comics specifically, like there's not a magazine store, there's not a newspaper store, but you have comic book shops and they're mostly mom and pop operations. So this happening is going to result in, as you said, like a lot of them just completely closing down. Also, profit Forever. margins on comics are very small. Yes, so <laughs> that too. Uh, they're not making a ton anyway. And so, yeah. yeah, this will definitely kill a whole lot of them. Uh, as for what DC Comics said in response to this, they were basically like, we don't care. And they are going to continue releasing digital comics. Uh, really, you know, just twisting it. <laughs> in the Twisting the knife in the back of shop owners. Yeah. Because now it's I mean, like, I... well, why, why should I bother coming in to get my comics when this is all over? I could just read them digitally. There's a little yeah. bit where they say... Uh, studies have shown that people who read digitally and those who read print are different audiences and that I think that's true except when you can't get your print comics anymore and then you would just be like well I want to read them anyway and then you wouldn't need to go get the print ones once this is over I yeah. don't think they took that into account uh, I put in what might be my last uh, book order for a very long time uh, a few days ago uh, because it was all the stuff that was in stock i got um the recent uh ninja turtles ist uh deluxe edition i think it's volume 10 uh volume four of berserk deluxe and uh volume four of jojo's bizarre adventure part four mm -hmm. uh and so i put that all in all of it's in stock but understandably amazon is they got a lot going on right now, so that order's not actually going to arrive to me until, like, clear into May, uh, which honestly is fine by me. That gives me a lot of time to cancel that if suddenly I don't have the money for it. And also, I got enough books that I need to get through anyway. It gives me more time to read those. But, like, the, there's, you know, there was going to be another Ninja Turtles, another Berserk, another JoJo out before the end of the year, and I can't imagine that those physical editions are not going to, at the very least, get significantly delayed. Could be. Uh, I'm not really sure about how collected editions will be yeah. affected by this. Um, I mean, I guess if Diamond is shutting down, then they wouldn't have any way to get that to the stores, so... It would yeah. at least do that, but I don't know if they're continuing printing or not. I know DC and Marvel have shut down their printing, um, or at least DC definitely has. Marvel almost certainly has. But, so, Ryan Higgins, owner of the Comics Conspiracy Shop in California, also they have a podcast which is very good and I recommend it. Um, he had suggested that comic shop owners could sell digital codes to their uh, their customers and then that would sort of act as a pre-order for whenever the print comic finally comes in. And then they would mm. still continue to have a revenue stream. People can read their comics as they come out and like they would get a whole bunch of them at once once this is over, but still it would be something. And yeah. a bunch of other retailers like started getting mad at him, like acting like that was going to cannibalize their physical sales as though once people go digital, they won't go back or something weird like that. 
even that though I think that's true comics conspiracy the entire time. It was right there in the name. Yeah. Uh, which I think is absurd. And that was yes. obviously the best suggestion and they really should be doing that, but they won't. Uh, and instead yeah. we'll just release it on their own and then comic shops get nothing. Yeah, I'm positive the comic shop here is, is going to close down as a result of this. Uh, something that, that you know that I don't think I've ever told on, on any of our numerous podcast endeavors. But there was a point in time where you asked me to go there to see if they had a certain... Um, I don't remember what exactly it was. It was Hellblazer. Hellblazer. And I went in there and asked if they had any Hellblazers. And the guy just looked at me like I should intuit this that he doesn't carry any imprints because nobody buys them. Right. Um, the, uh, the very independent, obscure imprint of Vertigo. That's right. Um, but, but that's the thing is like, he has run that shop for a while. He understands what the local audience is. And he knows that if he buys up a bunch of vertical Vertigo labeled books, that they're just going to sit there and he's not going to be able to sell them. And he's effectively wasted his money on them. So having any kind of closure like this for his business that is very tightly managed means he's going to go belly up. Yeah. So he knows I'm... people don't want Animal Man. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm kind of just waiting to drive by there one day, uh, and and see that the sign has been removed from the building. Uh, I kind of get the feeling six months from now driving around here there's going to be a lot of signs off of a lot of buildings oh yeah so it's going to be interesting um but anyway that was kind of the major thing uh comics are dead now we'll wait to see yeah when they uh come shambling back to life yeah never uh, never a better time to uh get into web comics uh go to webtoon where you could read comic books uh, free of charge, but also that are tightly regulated by some real fucking bullshit like terms of services. Also, most of them suck. I <laughs> so, don't know what this is, but okay. Webtoon, it uh, basically web Isn't comics that like the, the Korean the, things. Uh, yes, but also like the owl turd comics that I've shown you, where it's just mostly like white backgrounds, and then an amorphous blob man shows up with like depression on his chest and punches the main character in the face or something like it's more broad than that but there are a lot of korean comics on there but the last oh. time i looked into that they have uh tighter rules about what you can show in terms of like gore and sex and language and things like that so well, that's no fun no for me like the appeal behind a web comic is you aren't fucking tied down by any kind of regulation you could draw and tell the story that you want no matter how grisly or fucked up or taboo that story might be, there's something very, like, the the appeal to me about underground comics is the underground part of it, man. <laughs> you know what else doesn't have restrictions like that? Vertigo. Yeah, well, can't carry that. No one buys them. <laughs> well, Vertigo also doesn't exist anymore, so, yes, you know. That, yeah, definitely can't buy them. Uh there's there's still comic fury around if people want comics that aren't bogged down by that shit uh but you know the the way that landscape has changed where it was like drunk duck for a while was the big one and uh that doesn't exist anymore uh smack g's also like kind of shot themselves in the foot with a really bad site uh redesign and so i don't think anyone uses them anyway and also like that site kind of got taken over by boy love comics 
uh, a few years ago, and I don't think it ever like bounced back in the other direction. Did they take the name super seriously and just make everything about like BDSM butlers? Oh God, that would be good. No, because the site's not successful anymore, and I think if that's what they did, it would be very different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Webtoon sucks. Webtoon also, if it might have changed, or I might be confusing it with another site, because I think there was another one uh, at that same time that didn't gain as much traction. But it's like cell phone oriented, so it's all like if I have twelve pages to upload, you don't click through the pages; they all just display vertically. Yeah, that's how all those Korean ones are. I know. I uh, I hate that. Yeah. Panel layout's important when you're drawing a comic, man. Yeah. Uh, okay, so in video games, yes. Oh, uh, well, before we get to that, uh, there is a coronavirus related death. Uh, oh, the heavy yeah, part, I think, I that we needed to talk about. Uh, Steve Blum, uh, has unfortunately well, passed away due to complications with the coronavirus. No, not Steve Blum, it's uh, it's Mark Blum. Oh, I've been also, misinformed. I thought you were going to talk about Joe Diffie, <laughs> yes, uh, author actually. Of... <laughs> Author of Pickup Man, uh, yeah. which is a greater tragedy. Yes. Um, but yeah, famous people starting to die from this thing now. Keep Idris <sighs> Elba safe. Yes. That's what's important. Uh, Tom, Tom Hanks uh, did say that he was, uh, his symptoms and everything were like, getting better. So thank Good. goodness. Yeah. Um, uh, but okay. But video- yeah. What? I got some video game related news. Okay. Uh, before well, we get into the stuff that you want to get into, no, uh, I think no, this is actually no. First, there's a new DLC for Control out. Ah. The Foundation. I have not played oh. it. I have not looked at anything about it. I just wanted to say that it's out so people can get it if they want. <laughs> okay. I'll get it eventually. Um, I'm busy right now with something else, which I will talk about later. Uh, something that I think. Uh, is of interest to you and I, uh, model kits. Uh, oh. Apparently, Bandai is putting out model kits based on video game systems, and the first two releases are the what? Sony PlayStation and the Sega Saturn. Why? I have no idea. But they they come with like uh, the the thing that I don't like about them is they have like the the, the board uh, with the computer chips and everything, and like you don't put the chips on the board. Like, it's a model what? kit. You should be able to put, like, all the chips and the capacitors on the board, but yeah. you don't. But, like, the the rest of it is still, like, a, a pretty thorough, like, breakdown of the actual components of the system. Like, the plastic shell and everything comes apart in the same way. Uh, and it comes with, like, a disc that you could put in there as well. I forget what games they are using for Clockwork this. Night. Oh, I wish. Um, I know it's not that. Uh and then you also you build the controller and it actually gives you like a like a, a cord for it. Uh, the the downside to these is they're actually smaller than the real systems, which I think is a little bit bullshitty. Uh, well, yeah, because otherwise you, people like, would just use these like as replacement parts for the actual console. Yes, that's why I want it to be that oh. way. Um, but then I wonder if they do at some point do like maybe a master grade esque line of these where they are one one and then you can actually put down like chips and capacitors and stuff like that, that would be kind of neat. But uh, the thing that is interesting to me about this though is I think theoretically you could use it to house a Raspberry Pi. So if you wanted yeah. to 
get a Sega Saturn shell that was actually accurate to the Sega Saturn. There you go. Uh, likewise with the PlayStation, because a lot of like uh, system replicated shells are still off in some way. Like they're not going to put the actual branding onto it. What about uh, the PS Mini? I have one of those. They look pretty good. Well, y yes, that being the exception is these classic consoles, but also those are like PS Mini being the exception. Most of those are like eighty dollars. Uh, yeah. PS Mini, I think, would actually cost you at this point less than buying the model kit for the PlayStation. <laughs> Probably. I got mine for $20. Worth it for I the think, two controllers, honestly. I think that the model kits are priced at either 20 or 25 bucks. Uh, Okay. How big are they, though? Like, how much smaller are you talking? Uh, I think they're like half the size. Hmm. Something okay, like that. I guess. Uh, I don't let know. Me, uh, let, me, let me see here. Bandai. It doesn't matter. I don't have time for this. Doom Eternal is out. Oh, well, I was going to segue <laughs> into something else. I don't care. Doom Eternal. Uh, it's a great game. Yeah. Is it? Well, okay. I have many issues with Doom Eternal. However, right. I will also say many of these are probably related to playing it on a console. Because, boy, I think you really need a mouse and keyboard for that game. Yeah. Well, I I played the first one on a controller and did not have any issues with it. But this one has so much more mobility in it, and that's also, it's way harder than the first one. Um, That I feel like you really need to be able to aim precisely while also dashing and jumping around constantly. And having to take your thumb off the stick to jump or dash or uh, use the flame belch or anything like that. Or the chainsaw. That's actually not as huge of a deal because you sort of snap to the enemy when you do it. Uh, but all of that makes it a lot harder. I usually, like I almost always play on ultraviolence, but I had to start playing on normal because I just could not deal with a lot of this stuff. Yeah, uh, but but then the die. alternative to using it on PC is you have to, what was it that they did with like Wolfenstein? Yeah, you have to use the Bethesda launcher. Yeah, that crap that sucks. Um, but yeah, it. So okay, another thing is you die way faster than in the first one, and my biggest issue is you have very little ammo, like almost <sighs> all the time. Like, when you start out, you have, like, a maximum of 12 shotgun shells. That's it. Oh, jeez. Do you, and, like, do you have, like, an upgrade tree that then lets you, like, yes. carry more ammo? Okay. And so every upgrade I have had, I have used towards carrying more ammo. Um, yeah. Because it... Also, the only way... Well, there are some ammo pickups around, but if you pick those up, that's it. Especially if you just, like, run over them on accident while backing away from a demon or something. And so then uh, the only way you get more ammo is to use the chainsaw, and you can only chainsaw the weaker demons. Uh, larger ones take like three uh, gas charges or whatever. And you can pick those up in the arenas, but they're very rare. And uh, you only recharge like one, like a maximum of one. And so if you run out of ammo and there's just like a mancubus and a, a hell knight or something like chasing you around... You can't really do anything, which is annoying, 
and I've had that happen several times. So I got two questions for you. I want to make sure I understood you correctly. So say I have uh, my shotgun has 10 shots out of the total 12 and I run over a shotgun shells on the ground and that would replenish say five two. two so i would only get the amount to go back to max and i have wasted the rest that would have ordinarily been in that pickup yes okay that sucks yeah um and also is this like a one of those games where it is very possible to hit every point in the upgrade tree by the end of the game or are yes. you basically like this is my build for the doom guy no there are achievements for getting every upgrade okay. thing in every tree okay. and boy, so there... you're so you're not going to be in a position where you're just like i went for all the ammo no. like none of the rest of okay no no if you explore everything then you can get everything and That's... to its credit the map is very good uh very quickly you can get an upgrade for your suit that just shows you where all of the progression related collectibles are uh oh. and so all that stuff like that's fine it Nothing is hidden particularly, like, nothing has been difficult to get to from what I understand. Also, there are also some really good, like, secrets that I found. A lot of dope fish in that game, which I enjoy. A uh, uh, couple more questions for you then. Uh, the bobblehead yes. back? Yes. Okay. Are the, like, retro uh, hidden areas also back? I have not seen those, but you do pick up floppy disks, and inside mm. the Fortress of Doom, there is a computer that mentions, like, you have, you know, two out of twelve floppy disks for the Doom install, so I think it just, like, gives you the original Doom game. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because I, I was kind of wondering that, because I don't think that that, the, the bobblehead is something that they could do again, but I think doing the hidden areas thing, like, that's something you do once. And then the second time around, it's kind of lost what made it special. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, but um, it has like these optional sort of combat arenas that are sort of more difficult than the normal ones. Um, and by doing all of those, apparently you unlock something like sort of, I would guess, the ultimate arena at the end. Or maybe like the true ending or something. Um, hmm. But there's a lot to collect in this and there's a lot to upgrade and i know a lot of people are really not happy about that because they feel it's sort of diluting the pureness of the experience or anything but i think all of that stuff's pretty good especially because a lot of it is kind of inconsequential yeah um, like the, it's a first person shooter so it's not going to be like a particularly long game so the way that you kind of pad that out for the people who want to get more out of it is have some neat stuff on the side that you can find but you are not like hamstrung into interacting with and there's some stuff i think you kind of need well uh, having the upgrade well, I, so saying... explosive barrels don't hurt you is very good Sure, but I'm I'm saying like broad picture. You don't need to go out there and get every single bobblehead doll unless you want to do that. No, um, the bobbleheads I don't think really get you anything. Uh, there are these tokens that you pick up from ghosts, and those give you your suit upgrades. There are crystals, which are how you upgrade like maximum ammo, health, and armor. Um, I think those. Are are, oh, and then like just completing combat encounters gets you weapon points, which are how you upgrade it. your weapon mods. I can't hear about crystals without thinking of Dr. Cortex going crystals. Yeah. 
Sony Computer Entertainment America presents. I always hear that in Dr. Cortex's voice. That too. Man, I've played way too much Crash Bandicoot 2 when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I really, really wish that I could be playing Doom Eternal or uh, Animal Crossing right now, but I don't got the money. Um, did you still have more about Doom that you wanted to talk about? I don't want to take your Doom time away. Uh, I, I was going to go off that's... into a tangent here. I think that's kind of it. I I really okay. like the game. I wish I was playing it on PC. I when it drops in price on PC, I will get it there, and I'm sure I'll have a better yeah. time. There's a whole lot about it that's great. Uh, the lore is still extremely stupid, and I enjoy how you get these radio broadcasts of people saying "Do not interact with the Doom Guy" and stuff like <laughs> I, that. I did see a small compilation of Doom Guy interacting with other human beings, like just scientists and like engineers just working around the station, and all of that seemed fantastic. Oh, I haven't even seen another human yet. Oh boy, uh, he, the way people react to him is pretty good, and the way that he just yeah you'll get there it's it's great that's the one thing i've actually been able to take in from doom, doom eternal so far um i really want the game uh but at this point i'm basically waiting for it to drop on price on pc but considering it is a the last one dropped in price really quickly oh yeah so did wolfenstein so like i don't think i'm going to be waiting long the, nope. the thing that hurts more for me is having to wait on Animal Crossing, because first of all, I've never played any of those games. <laughs> yeah, you don't. If you want it, just pay full price, because that is never going to go yes. down. Yeah, it's a Nintendo game; it's not going to go down. Uh, but also, I've never played an Animal Crossing, so I'm kind of skittish about putting money down on it anyway, because I don't want to pay sixty bucks and then I'm just kind of like, oh wow, yeah, this is the kind of game that I don't like. Uh, so I'm they waiting removed... on a friend to finish it to borrow it, but that's going to be a while. They removed so... gyroids, though. Yeah, I don't care about Animal Crossing anymore. This, I want this gyroids. Stings, this stings less for me, though, because I've never played an Animal Crossing. Like, I appreciate gyroids. I know what they are. I, I get it. They removed the frog chair. I guess that's also important. And I don't care about that. In every yeah. Animal Crossing, I had a basement or attic just dedicated entirely to gyroids. <laughs> um, but another game that I really wish I could play right now is the remake of Panzer Dragoon. Uh, but unfortunately, first of oh. all, $25 for that game, which seems like too much money. Yeah. Uh, but as I was sitting down uh, doing my finances at the end of the uh trying to figure out what the damage was on having to like stockpile a few things just in case, you know, the world done ended. Um, I noticed a transaction from Nintendo of America for $21 for, uh, as a recurring subscription even though I am like 100% sure that I shut off auto-renew on Nintendo Switch Online. So something's going on, man, because you had a similar experience. And by yes. similar, I mean exactly the same minus Panzer Dragoon. Yeah, I just got an email that was like, friends have been added to your Nintendo account. And I was like, wait, what? Have I been hacked? And then saw the next email, which was purchase confirmation for uh, Nintendo Switch Online. I was like, I don't want this. I thought I'd turn this off. Also, I did not know my card was still on the account. So that Me was cool, either. too. I, like, I'm pretty sure that I removed my card. As, I'm, like, I'm less sure about removing my card than shutting off auto-renew. I am certain I turned auto-renew off. Well, every time I bought something from the eShop in the last, I don't know, year or two... Uh, I have just been buying eShop cards, so 
I have not actually used my card on it, so I did not think it was there. So, okay. I think I know what happened with mine. I don't know about yours. But for mine, my Switch subscription was from Amazon Prime, where they gave you three months, and then to make sure you would continue being a Prime subscriber, then you got the extra nine months. And I think I turned off auto-renewal after... I put the three months in, but then when I put the nine months in, it turned it back on, and I wasn't aware of it. So I think that's what happened. Yeah, I, I wonder if some kind of update just flipped that thing back on for me. Something somewhere fucked up. Maybe. Because uh, I was telling you this, like, I, I, my fear of subscriptions is that I will forget about it, and then it will auto-renew at a time where I need that money for something else. So by my very nature, I always shut auto-renew off on everything that has it. Yeah, I do too. Uh, Unless it's something I know that I'm going to want to renew every month, yeah. like Netflix, I keep on and stuff. Yes, but... Netflix is the one that I have that I I just let reoccur. Um, but with Nintendo Switch, I knew like that the only two things I'm getting this for right now is Tetris 99, and you know before the end of the year I will have my feel, my fill with that and uh, Mario Maker 2, which same deal. I wasn't going to keep playing that a year from them, so. Now the worst case scenario has happened where like there was a thing that I wanted and now I can't afford to get it because the auto renew hit me. And looking at like what the Switch has to offer in the next year, there's nothing that I need <laughs> Nintendo Switch online for. Like, come on. You say that now, but we're gonna need it for the multiplayer in Metroid Prime 4. Oh, true. You know, I might need it to download the next uh, Fighters Pass character for Smash Brothers, which is <laughs> going to be some fucker from ARMS. Remember ARMS? No. You could play ARMS for free now until the 6th of April. Really? Please, please play ARMS. And then buy it for $60. Yes, we have warehouses full of ARMS that we don't know what to Nintendo sucks so much. They say that uh, you could see mass burial sites for unpurchased copies of ARMS from space. Yeah, well, you know, it's gonna, we're going to be getting into semantics about what exactly constitutes a mass burial of ARMS pretty soon. <laughs> I don't know, I think being able to see it from space. Well, maybe. Uh, God, yeah, so there are people who are upset about that. I don't give a crap who ends up in Smash Brothers. There, there was a... Brawl, I think, was the point in time where that roster got so big that, like, the significance of anyone ending up in it was completely diluted to me, and I stopped caring entirely. Uh, Brawl was the uh, point where I realized, oh, these games actually aren't good, so... Yes. It turns out, like, the the first two are good. The, the rest of them I can pass. Um, I still think Melee is a lot of fun. Sure, uh, I would rather play that than the rest. Yeah, and like I think there there are a lot of people who like their reason that would be like oh well it's you know it's much more of a serious like fighting game and uh, it's got like tournament like uh, take it to Evo for me it's just that it's like not bloated with bullshit yeah you can actually tell what's happening on screen too yeah which helps a lot it feels like a much more focused game there's there's less. The menus aren't fucked, which I think is another thing that I deeply appreciate about it, because after Melee, it seemed like every successive game just needed to make the menus more incomprehensible. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know where to find shit in the new Smash Brothers. 
Um, and I like Smash 64, but that's more of like a nostalgic thing. Like, there, there is something I appreciate a lot about how quaint that was compared to where Smash ended up. Well, you know, when that came out, it was like, oh man, they've got Pikachu yeah. and Donkey Kong in here? That's the wild. The commercial has them hitting each other with baseball bats. That's right, after skipping through the meadow. Yeah. Yeah, that first commercial was really good. Yeah, it was. Uh, video game commercials aren't what they used to be. You don't have Ethan Suplee talking into a dead squirrel anymore. No, you don't have bizarre animatronic sheep talking about Spyro the Dragon. That's right. Uh, crying baby dolls and floating PlayStation 3s. Uh-huh. Yeah. Those were um, the days. Yeah, man. Arms come to smash. Like, the thing for me about that that's worth mentioning is just, like, Nintendo trying to make a thing again. Make arms a thing? Yeah. Well, yeah. also at the same time, I'm not really sure why people are mad about it because that's a more interesting addition than another Fire Emblem. Yeah, God, there's a lot of Fire Emblem characters in that thing. Uh, or Terry, because I think any time that they add, like, an actual fighting that thing it just highlights for me the fact that it is absolutely not a fighting game oh yeah it's like yeah. sure you can do a power wave or a burn knuckle but at what cost it feels bad is the thing like you play as ryu and they're just like that's an approximation of how ryu plays in uh, street fighter and it's like great but it's like a shitty version of street fighter uh-huh. it's a ryu that feels really fucking gross to control and it just makes me sit here and think like i'd rather be playing street fighter that's I have a bumper sticker that says that. I'd rather be playing Street Fighter. <laughs> That's a picture of Blanca on it. I'd, sounds like a good bumper sticker to me. Um, you put that right next to your Bernie Sanders 2020 bumper sticker. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the Ron Paul sticker is sun bleached. <laughs> Like half scraped off the car. Please, that's not a bumper sticker. That's a window cling. It's right next to my Garfield. <laughs> I'd, I would put up a Ron Paul Garfield-style window cling. <laughs> I'd do it. Just a little plush Ron Paul? Yeah. It says the virus is a hoax. That would really go over well. Or or like a Rand Paul, but he's got like a black eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh... Um, I did want to mention, though, the, the PlayStation uh, thing. I have just a couple other news items I wanted to mention. Uh... Square says the Final Fantasy VII release date cannot be contained. <laughs> no one um, can stop Final Fantasy VII. No, that's right. So this this broke last night. Uh, the story is a real, a fucking course kind of story that obviously some copies of Final Fantasy VII are not going to ship or arrive on time to some retailers or to individuals. Square says that anything ordered through their website should arrive by the release date. Uh... But in some cases, people will just play and get the game early. Square kind of doesn't know when any of this will actually arrive to you at this point. Uh, and then I think today it came out that Australia, and I want to say the UK, is actually getting it early. thing is, considering the circumstances, I think that's a better option. Like, people are going to be mad that other people get it first, but that's better than people getting it late. Yes. I would I'd rather they just say right now, like, sending this all out to everybody. Like, it, some people here are already getting the game. So it's it's done. It's pressed. It's in the case. It's being shipped out. They should uh-huh. just release. Like, take that moratorium off and say, hey, if you got it, if you want to put it out before the street date, go ahead. 
but yeah, I just I find it very funny that the way that they had phrased everything half panicked, like we don't know. Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VII's coming sometime. <laughs> you might already be playing it. I don't know. I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. But yeah. Know. The dreams in which I'm playing Final Fantasy VII are the best I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, uh, I, I was... More news. Here we go. <laughs> the original Nier is coming to PC. Yeah! And PS4 that... and Xbox. Well, here, no, yeah. wait, mm, uh, you need to clarify I... this. Mm-hmm. This is near replicant, not near gestalt. See, I don't know the difference. That's near... why I have you here. You're the near expert. Near gestalt is what we got. That's the one with old man near. Okay. This is the one Japan got. Well, in Japan, they had near gestalt and near replicant, and gestalt was on Xbox 360 with old man. And okay. so that's what we got because that's what Western people want. The PS3 version was near replicant, which is this, and that's where he's a young uwu anime boy. Yeah, um, it, you it, can only catch certain nears in one version, and you have to trade them to the other, right? Yeah, that, that's how that yes, works. Exactly. Okay. All right. Uh, but it's weird because it changed the story. So, uh, like the girl is his sister instead of his daughter in replicant. Um, mm. And all of this is weird because the old man version w- makes way more sense to me, and I like that a lot more than the younger one. But you know, whatever. At least people will get to play it now. Um, I have been seeing a lot of people who have only played Near Automata who are looking forward to this, and boy, are they in for a surprise! Yeah. Well, near, far, wherever you are. Near Autonoma is also coming to Game Pass. Yeah, that's is good. Is the other half of this news. So, uh, if you've not had a chance to play that game, uh, Game Pass right now is not doing a uh, a deal, but yeah, probably will pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. one Game Pass. I like that. Actually, kind of sucked a little bit for me. Is they they dropped uh, the original Halo onto the Master Chief Collection like pretty much without warning. And mm-hmm. like that is one of the ones the the ones that I really really wanted to go back and play again are that and two, and Game Pass it it happened on the month my Game Pass subscription elapsed, and now I can't get it for a dollar and so I kind of just don't wanna. Okay. <laughs> so I get to wait. Uh, but the bright side, uh, the the silver lining to the pandemic is maybe multiplayer won't die within two weeks like it did when they put out Reach. Maybe. Uh, people still aggressively using online services, and they will be for the foreseeable future. Uh, YouTube defaulting to standard def for any video that you watch. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I am a big fan of Nier. Uh, I was a fan of Drakengard also, which Nier is actually technically a spinoff of. Um, but as much good stuff as there is in Nier, you really have to work to get there. Because there is a lot of just like endless fetch quests and also the action parts are not really that good to play. And so in Automata they finally were like, we made this good enough that you can deal with it to get to the good story bits and whatnot. 
Um, and I am interested to see if this will just basically be a straight up port or if they are going to be doing some work to change that. Uh, they also need yeah. to make sure boar drifting is still in it. Man, that's a back of the box feature. Uh, well, it should be. Put you get to, get to ride boars around and you can make yeah. them drift like you're in initial D. It's great. Uh, hey, speaking of standard definition, Larry. Uh huh. I'm George Brundle, by the way. I can't remember if we said that at the start. Oh, I'm Larry Davis. I don't think, I don't think we did. Huh? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're going to be dead soon anyway. We're breathing each other's air, and I feel a Uh-huh. Yeah, um, sure. Great. So, I've been watching more Deep Space Nine, and I kind of wanted to talk to you just for a moment about a specific episode where a one uh, Chief O'Brien gets sentenced to 20 years in his mind's eye. Oh, it's more than that. Fantasy prison. Isn't it more than twenty years? Isn't it like no? It was. It was twenty. Oh, okay. No, it was twenty. It was that his sentence was done in fifteen. In fifteen, what? Fifteen cycles is how much the sentence was, but he served twenty cycles. Is what they tell him at the start of that episode. Yes. Uh, boy, you weren't kidding when you said that there was like a. just O'Brien needs to suffer because this was the most depressing episode of Deep Space Nine I have seen so far. Yes, every episode about horrible things happening to O'Brien is great. Just Holy when you thought they shit. couldn't top the one where the Cardassians rip his teeth out or whatever. Yeah. Like, man, so the way this episode works is I guess like he got uh he got convicted for espionage and it was like he just asked too many questions about something and so this government decided like oh he committed espionage so we're sentencing you to 15 years in prison but it is all done in your mind so you just wake up and it's been an hour but you have the memories of in o'brien's case 20 years uh serving hard time in this this small room that's filled with just sand and barren walls and he has a cellmate who seems like a genuinely cool guy but of course like that amount of time in isolation with one person eventually they start to get at each other's throats and also he's not real obviously yes that that too but when o'brien then gets out of it he starts seeing this guy's phantom just showing up in the in the space station and eventually starts to actually converse with him and and this guy's basically telling him, like, you need to confront what you did during that time, or you're never going to be able to get past it. Uh, and what he did was he murdered this dude over some food because they stopped feeding, like, they the, randomly they would stop feeding them for extended periods of time. Yeah, and O'Brien thought out the he was hiding it. Yeah. Yeah. And snapped his neck and then found out the guy was actually hoarding food for the both of them. And then the irony was the next day they started feeding them again anyway. Yeah. So he killed him for nothing. Sure. Uh, he also almost hit his kid because uh, he was having like PTSD. Uh-huh. Uh, and so like after all this, like he can't connect with anyone anymore. He feels but he feels alienated from family. He's he's seeing this dude's ghost. He's having to confront the fact that he killed someone for nothing, and yet it's all a dream. Uh, but it seems very real to him. So this this ends with him sitting in like the cargo hold with a phaser to his neck, ready to fucking kill himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the darkest moment in all of Deep Space Nine so far. And uh, Bashir there just trying to talk him down from it. And uh, man, that this episode took a lot out of me, dude. 
episode was great. Um, yeah. Yes, I agree. And then I was thinking of that because not too long ago there were news articles that were saying something like, you know, we could have prison sentences uh, be over in minutes by using nanotechnology or whatever. And it was just making me think of that episode of being like, hmm, I don't know, that's a great idea. Yeah, it seems real bad to make someone feel as if they've aged a couple decades and then wake up and it was like, oh, shit, I'm like 20 again. I mean, I, in some ways that would be pretty cool, but yeah. yeah. That that seems severely traumatic to me, like having a very vivid dream that I then accept as reality and waking up and seeing actually like 20 years younger. Well, yeah. That would fucking break my mind, dude. It would be uh, really bad, but also at least you would have that time back. Well, I, I don't know about the metaphysical aspects of this yes. and morally what... I'm going to say this in particular, not good for O'Brien. No, this uh, is a very dark episode, and by the by the end of it, they like give medication take for a long period of time to just suppress the hallucinations. But like they're very firm about like, those memories are yours and you have to take them with you for the rest of your life because the only alternative is totally wiping your mind and that's kind of a non-starter. If it makes you feel any better, though, remember, original O'Brien is dead. This oh is the God, one from the right. future. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and him just, his last memories being of his wife. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Poor O'Brien. Poor O'Brien. He doesn't deserve to go through no, that's the thing. O'Brien is always kind of just like, well, I'm just gonna hang out here in Quarks, uh, yeah. do a Battle of the Bulge and the Hollow Suite or whatever, and yeah, then all the dorms. worst stuff happens to him. Yeah, like I mean, he's still pr uh, he's still racist, and that's a problem. But yeah. like, besides that one character trait, like he's still a very like wholesome, caring guy. Like, the, the the people around him he cares for very deeply. He's always affable and, and friendly. Mm hmm So, like, you still don't want him to serve 20 years prison in his mind or to die and get replaced by a future version of himself, like... Correct. Uh, <sighs> however, God. I did really like when he looks all Jumanji-style with the big yes. beard. Yes. Um... I did look at episode descriptions going forward, and I know that there's going to go down with Keiko, so the O'Brien suffering is is not yet over for oh, this season. Of course not. No. Um, the Odo episode, too, where he again has to confront the fact that he has feelings for Kira and just wants to say them but can't, and it's then starting to like bleed into his ability to do his job. I also thought that that was a pretty sad episode. Uh, yeah. Especially considering that Kira is again wasting her time on someone who seems like such an absolute goddamn bore. Yeah, Shakar, he sucks. Yeah. Kira yeah. has the worst taste for some reason. She, she really does. But I think the thing that really gut punched me on that episode is the look she gives him at the end where it, it seems like it's building up to him just kind of venting it out there. And she almost seems disappointed that he didn't. Like, you can kind of tell that she already knows uh -huh. and maybe was hopeful to have that conversation than to just have him go, like, I'm focusing on the essentials, bye. Yeah. So, uh, the, the season four is getting really depressing, man. Yeah, five has an episode that is really something uh, in terms of depression. It's really great. 
Um, there was a uh, our man Bashir, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a real fun season. And boy, <laughs> well, it's like halfway through. Yeah, it's true. I, I mean, like the, it's about at that halfway. Like the first half of the season seemed a bit less. You know, it's a bit more jovial. Like the the serious stuff going on was just like, oh, the shapeshifters are on Earth now. Mm-hmm. Uh, dad wants to make his gumbo, but he done had a stroke. I like Cisco's dad. Me too. Cisco's dad seems great. Um, also, you were correct uh, when you brought it up. That is one of my favorite Cisco lines, where he's like, "I wouldn't eat that cake just yet." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, anyway, that, that concludes Star Trek talk. I wanted to kind of give up, give an update, considering I'm now uh, a way into season four. I'm catching up to you. Yeah, you are, because I haven't watched any in a while. Uh, I've been, I've been, I've been watching... trying to do an episode a day, so I'm, I'm making good progress. Yeah, see, I always just watch two or three a week. Um, I've been watching Britain's Best Home Cook, which is... Mm. Uh, sort of a successor to Bake Off When Bake Off moved over to Channel 4 BBC started this um, And the first season was kind of weird in some ways uh, Second has changed up a lot of stuff in it uh, But it's not just baking stuff It's just cooking in general But it's nice It's a nice pleasant show Just like Bake Off was And considering how bad the last season of Bake Off was uh, This is a welcome replacement something that i enjoy especially now well you know people need nice uh wholesome shows to watch right now to get them through these trying times i'm hoping to end up work from home program and i have uh about three seasons and a third of d space nine left to go hey Uh, hey, speaking of since you have netflix now uh you should really watch happy they just added season two to netflix finally (laughs) so you know you know, I was kind of like, I want to watch Deep Space Nine and cancel the subscription, but then all this shit happened, and now I'm just like, I think I'm going to keep Netflix for a while, because there's a, a lot to watch. There's a lot of good stuff to watch. You still haven't watched Glow. You refuse to, That's for some true. reason. Yeah, well, you know, I don't like getting aroused during what is otherwise <laughs> supposed to be considered normal programming. Uh, you'll be fine. Allison Breeze in it, so there's danger involved for well, me. <laughs> sure. Uh, but also Mark Marin is there, so that should counteract it. No, that opposite effect. <laughs> oh no. Just, I get extremely horny for Mark Marin. Oh, Maron. I say it Marin because I like to keep it dirty like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Oh, well, you know, Larry, I've been playing a lot of video games. Uh, uh some say old- that. Old video games because I don't got money. Uh, an alarming thing is I'm now having some issues on my 8 bit dough, and I can't figure out if it's because I recently dropped the 8 bit dough recently and that it's fragile, or if something troubling is going on with my Raspberry Pi. Either of those are too expensive for me to fix right now, so I'm getting kind of worried. Um, but I wanted to talk to you about a game called Earthbound. Oh no. Unfortunately, I thought we were going to have a guest this week, so I looked up information about a different game and not Earthbound, so we're going to have to shelve Earthbound for the time being. We will get to that uh, probably next week. Um, Okay. This week, I would like to talk to you about uh, the Illusion 
series, Castle of Illusion and World of Illusion, two, I, I think, possibly my favorite Disney licensed games. Okay, I disagree, but all right. How dare you? Well, hey, what would what would your favorite Disney license? Uh, before I say that, I would like to mention I saw an ad on TV mm-hmm. that was during it was like on Saturday morning during educational programming or something when I woke up. It was just like clips from Kingdom Hearts three, just talking about like keeping people in your heart and where our hearts get bigger, we're more powerful or whatever. It was just clips from Kingdom Hearts three. It never mentioned. Kingdom Hearts 3 like it never said this is what this is from it was just a bunch of clips of those and then it was supposed to be like this was paid for by the ad council it was so weird (laughs) it's just like anybody watching TV would have no idea why there is this CGI anime boy with Donald and Goofy and also Big Hero 6 is here (laughs) there was like a quick second of Jack Sparrow in there too I want to know what the deal is with that Remember, as you stay in isolation, Sora, Donald, and Goofy will always be a part of you. <laughs> I don't think it was even related to that. I think it was just like a general purpose, like be nice to each other, PSA yeah. or something. I don't know, but yeah, it was just weird that it never said <laughs> that was from Kingdom Hearts three. Organization Thirteen's going to release the coronavirus. Organization Thirteen. Yeah. Uh, they the got best... the coronavirus. Um. My my favorite Disney games, I don't really know, actually. Well, Aladdin for SNES. This looks like a good place to find some vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Don. Uh, um, yeah, Aladdin is, is really good. Uh, I, I would put that pretty high up there. But th- there's... So Castle of Illusion less so. Like I think that game doesn't hold up and it, it makes Mickey sense and it Minnie in the magical circus thing. Whatever that, that is called. a very good game. Th- that is very good. I have not played that in a long that is also on my list and I, I want to get to it soon. Yeah. Um but uh Castle of Illusion is an extremely early Genesis game. I, I can't remember, I think it might have been a title. Um It might have been what? A launch title. Oh. Because uh... Uh, when they were taking the Genesis hardware around uh, before <laughs> release and, and they were they were bringing it to news sites programs like uh, the Computer Chronicles. That's right. And they were saying, this is the power of the 16-bit generation. Yeah, the guy uh, that Castle... looked like Peter Griffin was like, here, look at this yeah. sprite of Mickey and how when you get near a ledge, he goes like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, he has a he has tilting animations and everything like. But that's the thing is like they were using that as the kind of stuff on like look at how like rich and detailed this is and how animated Mickey is like this looks like he came out of an actual Mickey Mouse cartoon man. Yeah. And like no, it doesn't. Like no. Mickey Mouse actually kind of looks off in a way that I have like difficulty describing. Uh, and the the controls and everything just kind of feel weird and and weighty in a way that just hasn't like kind of held up um but i'm still like nonetheless extremely nostalgic for it because that came out when i was very very young and very very much into mickey mouse uh but world of illusion is the one that i liked way more that came out uh, in 92 uh castle illusion was 1990 the genesis was 89 though right yeah, so yeah, it wouldn't be a launch title. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't. Um, 
Yeah, Castle was released in December 1990, so it was not a launch. Uh, and World was December 92. Um, but like Castle Evolution, uh, it, it's a very basic platformer. You just you butt bounce on enemies, and you can pick up stuff like marbles and apples to kind of throw at them from afar. It very straightforward, very easy. Uh, I beat it on hard mode and didn't have any difficulty with it. Uh, I remember when I played this as a kid. I think whoever I was playing with kept putting it on practice mode because that game is like practice chunks out the majority of the levels and removes boss battles. So like you get through it very quickly. It's it's the baby mode for little kids. Uh, and that's how I always remember the game as being extremely short and then having like weird memories of like, but also I remember it being longer at the same time. And so when I sat down and played this, I kind of realized like, Oh, someone kept putting it on practice mode for me, and then when I watched them play, they put it on like normal mode. That's um, weird, but okay. Yeah, I I think it, like it was probably my dad because at that point in time, uh, it was his Sega Genesis that he eventually left with me. But when he would bring it over, um, because my parents were divorced, so when he'd visit, he'd bring over the Genesis. Um, but I remember like playing that a lot with someone, and I would suspect it was my father. Because uh, I know that he and I also played a lot of World of Illusion, which is the game that I like a lot more. Um, World is like a bit more complicated than Castle. Uh, it also does an interesting thing where you can have a very different experience with that game, but it bases it on which character you choose. So Mickey and Donald kind of go through different levels and different uh, paths in some of the levels that they share. Uh, for example, there's one where Donald can't crawl underneath an archway. He's he, he's got Donald's got a real big dumper. Uh huh. That's and, why he can't wear and, pants. Nothing fits him. <laughs> exactly. And so he gets. Well, he's also very. Oh, you proud. know what? That reminds me. Uh, also, a better game than this, uh, Maui Mallard in Cold Shadow. I see. I never liked Maui Ma Mallard that much. Ah, uh, it's great. I like Quackshot better. Quackshot's all right. Yeah. Quackshot's pretty good. Uh, weirdly enough, like my Maui Mallard back in the day was the PC version. That is weird. Because that's like, I had a friend who had that, and I didn't know anyone who had it on the Genesis. I think that also that might have something to do with uh, why you don't Not like liking. it. Yes, very real possibility. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Also, the SNES version what? of Maui Mallard is like the definitive one. I think it came out like way later than the Genesis one or something. Uh, or it might be the other way around. Possibly. I don't know. The Genesis I just know. is the, the... I was just The saying. Genesis one is the one I have like a secondary familiarity with. Like I actually forgot that there was an NES one. Oh yeah, the Genesis one did not come out in the US, so. Oh. I don't know what you're thinking of. That's well, what I was so that, thinking of. So that explains why, because when I was setting up this Raspberry Pi and I got my, my set of uh, ROMs, uh, it didn't have, like, European or Japanese ROMs inside of it. I had to go get that stuff if I wanted it extra. And for a while, I was kind of like, why is Maui Mallard not on this? Mm -hmm. And I guess that explains why. I didn't know it didn't come out on the Genesis. Yep, Genesis just came out in Brazil and Europe in 95, and then the SNES version, yeah, came out in 97 in oh, Jesus. North America. So <laughs> It's a great time to release a 16-bit game. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, oh, hey, it God. did look super good for a 16-bit game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, the, the Windows, the computer version came out September 96, so that's probably why, because that was a few yeah. months ahead. Weird. That makes sense. This was in... Yeah. That sounds about right to me, because that was also around the time that uh, I was also going over to play uh, Episode 1 Racer and uh, Kirby 64, uh, which obviously those were a bit later than that, but like more towards mid to late 90s, so that kind of checks out. Because he would have still might have been playing it around that time. Uh, Mark East of GameSpot hailed it as quite possibly the best low-tech title to come out this year. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the only one? Maybe. Although um, I, I do like how low-tech means, you know, like 16, but even though it looked better than, you know, the early 3D stuff they were dealing with otherwise. But, you know, yeah. you gotta have polygons in yeah. 97. No room for side-scrollers in the 32-bit generation. Very few of those. Uh, I'll list them all off. Here we go. All of the side games. First wave 3D consoles. There was Tomba. There was Symphony of the Night. Yep. There was Mischief Makers. End of list. Only those games. Nothing else came out. Kirby 64. I mean, more like it's using sprites. Oh, is, well, is yeah. what I was getting at. Because otherwise, yes. Pandemonium. Um, sure. Uh, Mark, um, Mark East also said the Windows version is too choppy in full screen mode. So apparently the PC version for Maui Mallard, not great. Yeah, there might be a reason why I don't care much for Maui Mallard, it turns out. So Possibly. I probably. Yeah. Um, no, I really like a World of Illusion. I think it has an extremely charming art style. I think it's actually the best. I mean, Maui Mallard is the best looking like Disney game of that generation, but I think World of Illusion looks fantastic. Uh, but yeah, the, the characters progress differently. Like, so Donald butt stuck in an archway, so he'll have to like backtrack and take a different level entirely. So this is like an underwater level. He goes into like an underwater labyrinth, he gets his butt stuck, he goes back out, and so then you go to like a beach level that Mickey does not go through at all. Huh. Uh, Mickey can slide under there, and so he'll go through like that. Uh, but then there's a basically a third different progression, which is when you play at co-op, because in co-op, Donald can't fit his butt through, but Mickey just goes up and shoves him through. So then you can get to that area with Donald, and the way that you're able to progress is, like, you can jump on Donald's head as Mickey, then jump up to the higher platform, then lower your arm and pull Donald up. That's cool. Yeah. So when I played this game, I wanted to make sure I got it from all angles. So I did the two. I had a friend over co-op and that game really holds up and is a lot of fun to play co-op. And I think it is extremely interesting how they give you a very different experience with each combination of those characters. So there's a lot of replay value in that thing. Sure. Uh, yeah. And um, like I said, kind of kind of different too, just the way that it plays in in Castle of Illusion, you're butt stomping and using the marbles, like I said. Uh, in World of Illusion, you have like a, a magic cape that you use, so it requires you to be stationary when you attack enemies. Uh, some enemies are a bit more imposing in that game than they are in Castle of Illusion. And at the end of every level, uh, when you finish the boss fight, you basically gain a new magic power that ends up affecting your traversal through the following level. So, like, you'll get a magic carpet at the end of one level, so the next one will be a flying level. 
or you get the ability to summon a bubble around you so then you can make your way in the bubble through the underwater level. Uh, so it does a good job about keeping things pretty varied. Uh, there's a good amount of variety in that game. Uh, okay. Yeah. I remember almost We're... nothing about them. I barely played either of them. I mean, I, I think that they're both of them are actually worth going back and playing. Castle of Illusion is uh, 15 minutes if you do practice mode. <laughs> um, okay. I want to see a speed run of Castle of Illusion practice mode. It'll be over in like two minutes. Um, World of Illusion, I really think that people should go back and give that thing a shot. I think they'll be like very pleasantly surprised with that game. They did um, a remake of Castle, right? They did. I was going to bring that up. Uh, I don't know Jack about it. Uh, I no, after I you'll know Jack's a different game. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I yeah, I don't really know much about the remake of Castle. I wasn't there something with it getting like delisted from somewhere too. That was Ducktales. I want to say that also happened with Castle of Illusion, but it's available on Steam because when I beat Castle of Illusion last week, I was like curious about the remake and figured maybe I would buy it, but it's like 14 damn dollars, which seems like way too much money for that. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know much about it because I'm not paying that kind of money for a 3D remake of Castle of Illusion. Um, there are more games in the Illusion series, though, uh, besides these two. There is Land of Illusion for the Game Gear and the Master System. Uh, there is also Legend of Illusion for the Game Gear and the Master System. Uh, I have not played either of those because I really don't want to ever turn on a Game Gear or a Master System. Um, I recently found out my Game Gear still works, kind of. It will turn on and run games, but the screen is really messed up. Uh, mm. So it's you know, I have to like angle it in a weird way to even see anything, and even then it still has like lines all over the screen. And it, it's... Also, you can't Good just, times. like, get replacement screens for it, which is cool. Uh, quick note on that remake. It was delisted from September 2016 until March 2017, and then it came back. Okay. I, that's weird. I don't think I've ever seen something like that before. I th think that also happened with DuckTales recently. I think DuckTales has just gone forever. There was something recently that I want to say was like delisted and then briefly went back up huh. but maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong about that oh um, yeah yeah uh ducktales returned march 2020 so just recently came back okay i was <laughs> i was correct then back up weird uh yes extremely because that has given the time frame for castle of illusion ducktales was much larger no um i thought it was no, i thought it... ducktales Got delisted for like a few years. No, it was just a few months ago, August eighth. Oh wow. Okay. I mean, Ducktales also is like I would not want to play that remaster because it's rotten with characters talking. Yeah. Also, they. Uh, it, I mean, you know, good for them for getting the voice actor for Scrooge back. Yes. But also, he did not need to be doing voice acting. No. Not at all. Um, I sort of understand that there are unskippable cutscenes in Castle of that that is also a problem because in the actual Boy. original Castle of Illusion, 
There's a cutscene before you start the game where Minnie gets kidnapped by Ms. Rebel, who has a very Gruntilda plot in mind to basically like steal her youth and beauty. Um, and then there is a cutscene when you're about to go into the castle, just explaining what the castle is. And then there's a cutscene when you beat the game, and that is it. And that is all that there needs to be. There's nothing more than that. That's all that you need. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Similar thing with World of Illusion. And in fact, less cutscenes than World of Illusion overall. So I miss when platformers could just be platformers where you could just have like a small amount of setup and something at the end to say, congratulations, you beat the game. Yeah, a winner is you. Yeah, everyone has to say a bunch of dumb shit now. Thank you for play. The Sonic characters should not talk. That is where I'm going with this. They pantomime things. That is it. Sonic can occasionally say things like, I'm out of here when you stand around too long. That's fine. Dr. Robotnik can talk. No, not even that. He can turn to the camera or catch on fire. That is it. No, he can talk. Because I imagine him as Adventures of Sonic like that Dr. Ivo Robotnik voice, which is perfect. It just reminds me that Danny does an extremely good impression of the sat AM Dr. Robotnik. Yeah. Also really good of Waluigi. Yeah. Okay. Thoughts and thoughts and prayers with our friend here. Most certainly for a load. Uh probably. Hey. Get that sweet unemployment. Wish I had that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quote I essential. That, but that's also still depressing. I'm really worried about him. Um. Anyway, eh. that's the episode. Uh, if I if I gave a rating, game organization thirteen rating system, um, I would probably give Castle of Illusion like uh, seven members of organization thirteen out of thirteen. A uh, World of Illusion I like so much though. I will give it 15 members of Organization 13 out of 13. Because remember, in Ca- in a Kingdom Hearts 3, oh yeah, as seen by the American Ad Council, uh-huh. there were reserve members of Organization 13 in case some of the actual members didn't work out or turned traitor or something like that. And then, you know, it turns out the reserve members were real traitors the entire time. I mean, who could have guessed? So I'm considering two of them. In, in the rating for World of Illusion, uh, excellent game. World okay, right. I'm not going to give... I abstain from rating because I don't remember any of them well enough. I give Maui Mallard a you're, 9 out of 10. You're, you're a rating incel. Like, let's just face facts. What? No, I'm rating Volcel. Please. Uh, that's the episode. Hopefully we'll... Uh... Be back next week and not on ventilators. Correct. No comics corner. We got that off the way early on. So until <laughs> there we go. Until then, next time. I've been Larry Davis. Uh, I have been George Brundle. Remember me as I was. In game love. Okay, you cut out. So now nobody will know how to remember you. That's fantastic. <laughs> Perfect. Remember me as I was, never having a stable connection. Yeah. <laughs> Of course. Say the thing. <laughs> Goodbye, dinosaur. Most Friday nights I can be found in the bed of my truck on an old chase lounge. Backed into my spot at the driving show. You know, a cargo light gives off a romantic glow. I never have to wait in line at the popcorn 
feeling like about a pickup man. You can set my truck on fire and roll it down a hill, and I still wouldn't trade it for a cook and deal. I got an eight foot bed that never has to be made. You know, if it weren't for trucks, it wouldn't have tailgates. I met all my wives in traffic jams. You're just something women like about a pickup man. Ooh. 